follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad, here with Matt and Brad. We are excited to be with you this evening. Gentlemen, how are you holding up? <laughs> I wait for Matt to go first because that... if I open my big mouth, he I step right over him every time. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing quite well, Shad. Um, if, I, will say, I will note, um, if, if you happen to hear noises in the background mm-hmm. that's a special guest star uh, my daughter because she's uh, she's, in the, she's in the room with me she's hopefully uh, gonna get us in a little bit sure but if not i may have to hold her until she's quiet so. i i uh i have to keep a monitor with me just in case uh you know in case reasons so i totally get it brad are are you doing okay yeah i'm doing good all right. I might All sound right. a little weird this week because I did some moving around in my game room slash studio, so there's a lot more open space, so I might be a little more echoey this week. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll adjust as we go. So, first of all, thank you all for joining us. We're glad you could be here. <clears throat> We've got to give a shout out to our affiliate collar and elbow, the wrestling brand collar and elbow brand.com. Use the promo code for corners podcast. That's the number four capital C and corners, capital P and podcast, no spaces to save 10% on your order. And then we have a, another shout out. Hopefully last week reached him, right, Matt? Yeah, hopefully um, that would be the Epico cologne. Uh, Elbico Cologne is not in the uh, primaries for the Democratic National <laughs> Convention, <laughs> but I wish she was. <coughs> Dagona, you make me laugh too hard. I'm not actually dying. My cough just makes me sound like it. <coughs> all right. So we want to say thank you all for being with us. We are, we've been looking forward to doing this and getting back to you guys. So what we have for you this week is we have a very special, uh, I shouldn't say very special episode. That sounds like an after-school special. We can um, call we it ha- an unspecial like Alice in Wonderland. We, well, what I was going to do is I was gonna say, we're going into a theoretical tonight. We've done theoreticals a little bit in the past, but we're going to be doing a theoretical tonight. Maybe uh, bordering on the edge of fantasy booking, but not quite. Brad, could you could you set us up a little bit here? We kind of did this on a bag of holding a long time ago, but we did historically. <laughs> so um, we're doing a bit of a play on this. So each of us are going to make a pick tonight. It is going to be if you could take one active wrestler and build an entire promotion around them, who would that wrestler be? 
Uh, we're going to get a little more into the weeds with that, though. We're going to talk about like how you would style the promotion around them and maybe justify some questions from the other hosts, like how are you going to deal with, say, potentially their age, um, injury issues they might have had, things such as that. Okay. So we've, uh, we've got some, some ideas that we've kind of been talking about here that we've been kicking back and forth. We've been um, talking about them just briefly before we uh, came to air. So what we have is, uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna touch on some alternate picks that we might that we considered, and before we go into our final picks. So, um, Brad, who was who were some of the alternates that uh, you had considered? Um, it's kind of an ever-present name on my brain, which is Cody. Which yeah. Is- which is if this was if this is a real game and I had access to someone I knew I could be successful with, it would be Cody. But that's mm-hmm. less interesting for the sake of this um, thought exercise, just because it's been done and you kind of know what you're getting. And um, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of cheating because you go, oh, I'm going to pick this one because it's already been done before. Yeah, and there's some others like. Personal favorites like AJ Styles, but really he's kind of winding it down, so I don't think I would would depend on him. AJ was on my list too. He's he's incredibly capable. He has all of the tools I would want, but like you said, AJ's like you know he's on his last run. He's getting ready to hang it up, and I don't. He's so close to that that I'm in this place where it's like I. I couldn't ask a guy to, to pick up and shoulder five years of being the center of my promotion. And I had some other guys that I think were flawed picks, but I didn't end up going with. Um, mostly flawed from experience and like some tweaking, um, tweaking needed. I think Velveteen Dream would be high up my was high up my list of like guys I was considering. Oh yeah, that makes sense. He um, would be a good pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he would well, just. With Velveteen, he just needs more experience. I think his in-ring's a little lacking. And, um... Yeah, I'd want a little more polish on, on Dream myself. I I like the idea quite a bit, but I, I'd want a little more shine on the diamond, so to speak. Yeah, um... Go in, like, a couple more. Probably Io Shirai would be someone I would consider... And then um, probably, like, I know Age would play in again, but Jeff Cobb would be on my list. Mm. Mm. That's an interesting one. He, that's actually a really good pick. I wish I had thought of that one. Um, yeah, I hit this place in some of the ones when, when I was doing my considerations. I was like, you know, I realize I don't have any women on mine. And part of that, I think, has to do with the fact that I... I don't know. I don't feel like I have as good a grasp on the psychology in a lot of women's wrestling as I do in men's. I understand that's upsetting your daughter, Matt, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I don't feel like because it's it's a little different, right? Like the psychology in men's wrestling and win, women's wrestling is a little bit different. Um, the problem you would have, I think, 
building around a singular female, especially if you're going to go with a face, is if you have a definitive like face of your promotion and it's not necessarily Japan where guys can kind of move up and down, is you're essentially creating a beat grinder for your top person. And I yeah. think I think especially like with the way the women's division is built, you're going to have to be super creative to deal with um, the limitations that you would have talent wise. And I think you're going to you're going to hit a wall really quick if you're not careful and run. out. Yeah, of you've got people. a you've got a smaller pool to draw from. And, you know, what would I do is I'd, if I wanted this to be viable with polished talent that I'd have to I'd have to raid WWE's women roster. I'd have to wait raid AEW's. I'd have to raid NWA's. I'd have to try and steal Thunder Rose out of like NWA and that's that's a bit much to stretch credulity for me. And I think I think the problem you're going to run into especially for this thought exercise is there's really only I mean in the, in, it's the same problem with the men like if you if you're talking in like a real credible sense there's not a long list of people that you could viably build around and i think for yeah. women you're going to pretty much end up saying bailey sasha banks oscar uh, kirari eo and maybe thunderosa and i would throw lynch into that as well well but you and yeah there becky lynch is obvious but i mean I think for for the sake of what we're doing, we avoid that like the plague because that's no fun to talk about. Well, because the other she's already done it. She falls into the Cody yeah. problem. Yeah, that's that's fair. They're both of them are so strongly affiliated with the company that if you were to bring them over somewhere else, it would be like, well, that's uh, they're just they're that's that's AEW or WWE Women's Division redo, and it's like ah, you know the. There'd be too much identification with one particular place, I feel like. And and there's there's um some people I find interesting as far as the women go, but they have some serious issues like Tony Storm. I I like her a lot and I think she has star power, but she has some severe issues with how she puts her matches together <laughs> because she's she's yeah. turned into one of those get my shit in people. Oh, okay. And like there's there's some other ones that I would I would love to have, but I don't know if I would build around a heel like someone like Piper Niven, aka Viper. I think would be is an absolutely outstanding um, big wrestler. Uh, another one that's there's probably too much wear on the body for, but just if it's women, you know, Awesome Kong would be amazing to have, but. I don't know how well she'd hold up to the kind of demands that being the centerpiece would put on her. Well, the problem I think you'd have with Kong, even if even if we had like an older version of her, is who do you who do you pair up against her that's really going to be willing to take the absolute abuse of that style of match? Probably you or Kira. We'd have to go like figure out where Taylor Wilde retired to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if we could get a younger version of Kong, we could go back and get a younger version of ODB, and then we'd be good. Potentially, yeah. Um, some others that were on my my maybe list. Um, Walter would be a great pick, but he doesn't tour. He doesn't want to tour in the U.S., and I don't want to tour in Europe. 
He'd have the problem of he'd have to probably end up being a heel, and you run into that same problem you'd run into with like Piper Niven, where it's like, do you really want your a heel to be your cornerstone? Well, uh, it worked with Flair, but on the other hand, yeah, but uh, see, Flair, Flair, like when he was traveling, you know, only came to town a couple times a year, and then like yeah. in JCP, like he also was a face like half the time. Yeah, so it's. That's a tough spot to be in. Uh, and you just don't see Walter transition over to the face side much. Daniel Bryan was on my list, but with everything he's been through, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, man, I I don't know. He'd probably be up for it, but I don't want to lean on him that hard His for it. His health issues are a concern. Yeah. He has the same problem I think concern. Sammy would have in that. Well, I think Sammy... I think Daniel Bryan's injury concerns are different, whereas Sami Zayn, like, I don't know if he can actually... Oh, if he'd hold up. Yeah, but whereas Bryan, you're worried about his brain. Zayn I considered, too. Um, I just didn't... I wasn't sure. It was like, ah... I I like the idea, but on the other hand, I'm not sure. He just had... where, Where I think Zayn, for me, would be disqualified is... Double rotator cuff surgery is just like that's that's about that's got to be close to game over. I think that's why he's doing so much managing now. Well, they just had a thing where Vince doesn't doesn't want him to wrestle anymore because he's too injury prone. So, hmm. yeah, uh, I'd be is concerned. that is that actually true? They did that. I just saw it like over the weekend. Hmm. Um, other ones that were on my list that we haven't talked about. Uh, I love Moxley. I, I'm in this place where I don't know that I could use him well. Um, like me being me, I don't know if I could book Mox to his fullest. And so I'm in this place where it's like, ah, like I'd like to, but I don't trust myself to. Moxley seems to enjoy a much more blood and guts style of wrestling than I would really be up for booking. <laughs> yeah, right. We're not in a, we're not in a blood and guts. It's not there, blood and guts. <laughs> we're nice. not going to do that. Nice voice, man. I like that. Um, like, I've never I've, seen a, I've never seen a dude like rolling around in thumbtacks happy as can be. Oh, like the, the match, the full, it's full gear, right? Full gear yeah. match he had with um, oh, with Kenny Omega. Like yeah. it was a just a death match, and yeah. he could not have been having a better time. Yeah, and he'd want to do that a lot, and I'm not a fan of those. Now, there was something he was doing in the Joey Janela match where he was like trying as hard as could be not to smile. Yeah, and I don't know what he was doing. I think he was like. It, like wrapped up in barbed wire or something. I don't remember, but I was just like, wow. He was corpsing call for the man. There's a botchmania reference. Um, another one, uh, you pointed this out already though, uh, the difficulty of having the heel, even though I think this might work a little bit better than Walter would be MJF. Cause you just, you just have him piss people off and you have a face show up, beat the living piss out of him. But you, they run in this roadblock if he keeps weaseling his way out without Dusty finishing. And then you, it could be compelling, but I don't know how long you could tell the same story. 
Well, no, that's but like you could do the Buddy Landell thing with him though, where he loses and he's so annoying that he gets it back the next night just by being himself. Like I think I think you'd have some wiggle room with him. Up to a point. Um and then I have an oddball pick. And this would be like if it was a niche promotion, a um don't a take niche. me too yes a niche niche, uh, niche promotion that I'm not person. trying to. I don't said make niche. Me Kentucky and that, try and say I think it, it properly. <laughs> yeah, I feel niche. Like niche, right? Niche. I think they both work. Niche. Niche. Uh, I do it with the I instead of the E sound. Uh, would be Otis because I think that would be <laughs> hilariously awesome. I I was talking. I about have this such with... a soft spot for him. I do too. I really do. I, I was talking to someone about this, and it's something I actually really want to see, is if if it was in any other promotion than WWE, we would be getting Otis for Sonya Deville matches right now for the honor of <laughs> Mandy, and it would be glorious. <laughs> Sonya would be throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Otis, and then Otis would like start firing up and doing his little little wiggle step trying to get back into it man that's it would be it would be it would be amazing and it would be so great but we can't have that in wwe yeah. so yeah I, I like the idea but it's one of those things again it's like ah that's that's a little too targeted oh my last oh, you know, one my run you- up you know, we, we, we totally we totally whiffed on one when we were talking about the women, and it's a very obvious pick. That would probably be the pick I'd go with, but Tessa Blanchard would be, like, the perfect build a promotion around uh, her. I mean, a promotion's it, doing it right now, and they're not doing half bad with her. I suppose it's true. But you'd run into the same thing again with, I think, with... Uh, it's already been done before with that person. I mean, Impact using her as their world champion, and it's not going bad. So I mean, you could you could use her for more beyond yeah. that. And I, I want to throw a second one since I mentioned her, but Sammy Callahan would probably be someone I would have on my short list. Uh, yeah. the problem with that. him is like in in reality, like that guy has like some behind the scenes issues that yeah uh, i know you he seems like he can it seems like you can at least depend on him to cooperate with you as a promotion unlike say loki mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah no i don't want to sell for that i think that's beneath me it's like i'll pay your checks get out there and do it sammy's stuff seems to be more like maybe outside of wrestling he seems like he seems like he's mostly professional in a, in like the context of working with your promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, my runner up was is and and I almost went with this one, <coughs> basically because I didn't want to be predictable. I almost went with Ricochet. Um. Because I felt like here's someone who's dynamic, who's attention grabbing, who could do lots of good lord. <coughs> Don't know what's happening. 
dynamic, attention-grabbing, could do lots of cool stuff, would be engaging matches, all that kind of thing. I just don't feel like he's quite got the presence or the mic work I'd want yet. Not He's close, but not quite. Okay. Well, that killed the... Sorry, I was, <laughs> I was trying not to sneeze. That's all right. It, it, the the weather keeps shifting so much around here that I'm I'm not sick, but I've got enough drainage that's making me hack. Um. So wait, who? Wait, who was your last guy? My runner up was Ricochet. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about him before. Like, he's one of those guys who just puts on good matches, and yet I don't have really much of a kind of emotional connection to him. They've done a really bad job with him in NXT and WWE. They're too afraid of his yeah. of his <clears throat> Kentucky accent to let him talk. <laughs> <laughs> and yet Hillbilly Jim was a cornerstone for him in the 80s. <coughs> so anyway, what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and move into our actual picks. Oh, now, can I give my... Can I get my runner-ups? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Matt. From what we said earlier, yeah. I wasn't sure how many you'd had. Please go ahead. Well, I had none when I started this. But I thought, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, thought three, I, I thought of three guys as you guys were talking. Um, oh, go for it. Uh, since you mentioned Ricochet, I'll mention the guy that he was uh, occasionally paired with and was brought up essentially with at the same time um, from NXT. Uh, unconventional pick... I know Brad doesn't think like they could really push him to the main event, but um, Alistair Black, I think he's a great worker. He's very unique, which is something that I think you need to be to stand out nowadays. Although, I mean, they haven't really done a ton with him, and in no. WWE, in the WWE nowadays, like being unique doesn't mean anything. They'll still give you the same like shitty scripted promo. That's true. But he is a unique worker. He's uh, has a neat look like if they actually did just let him be Alistair Black or Tommy End however however he they they want him he would want to be I guess I think he could get over like I think you could you could put the the title on him and do something with it he's not he's not going to be the guy per se that if you want your your white meat baby face going on like the today show to do promo work for no, um, probably not for, for wrestlemania <laughs> like, i don't think that's the dude but um i think you could like again like the part of the problem that they ran into like a year and a half ago when roman got sick and they had to like scramble it's like you don't the whole era of just having like one guy like that's that's kind of done like the last person who was really that person was probably Cena. And even then, they were kind of flirting with it. It's like, oh, is it going to be Cena or is it going to be someone like Batista or Orton? Yeah. I think now, like, you're, especially with the last year showed when they tried to push Seth Rollins as, you know, mega face, like, eh, that doesn't work. You need to, instead of having like one main face, how about like four or five at the same time? So I, that, I think, I think the, the, I think the problem they have is they don't, have any ability to focus on more than one person like if you look at new japan like okada is <clears throat> is without question their top face but they have a tiered mm -hmm. list of guys underneath him that yeah. can come up if needed like i think 
I think you need, I think having just a guy works, but even in like the Hogan days, there was like a tiered list of guys under him. The problem they have is they don't know how to, they don't know how to keep that tier. Like they don't know how to keep guys hot. And, you know, if a guy gets over, instead of like being happy, they have that luxury. They try to torpedo it and prove the fans Mm -hmm. wrong. The yeah. other thing I was going to say is that you have a um, they this mentality that's come up about the oh well they don't want anyone to be um, they don't want anyone to be bigger than the company because they don't want Hogan Rock Cena redo stuff and so like you said Brad they're gonna they're gonna cool that sort of thing off so they can't be that good but it's like well, why in the hell not. Why? Why would? Why? Why not let them be that way? Well, because they don't want to, and and so we don't have anyone who's who's you know hit that kind of hit that kind of thing because they keep you know cutting it back. I think where they run into problems too is like with Roman, he wasn't taking, so they had to torpedo other people to make sure they weren't more over than Roman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, could you think of? Like, could you imagine, could you imagine, like, falling into someone, like, how over Braun was and just wasting all of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, He's a great example because uh, I, I went, this is like a couple of years back now at this point, but I went to a couple live shows and Braun was probably the, the most over guy on the show. Mm-hmm. And he only got eclipsed kind of like when, when Daniel Bryan came back. But he was so over, and they they've done just a great job of kind of ruining Braun. And yeah, Braun not even really over anymore. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Braun. If this, if, not to go back to like the Attitude Era, because I think people have rose-colored glasses. There was a lot of oh, crap. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In the Attitude Era, there was a ton of it. But if if they were booking things like the Attitude Era. In a sense, like Braun would have already held the title at least twice in the last like three years, at uh-huh. least twice, and had like a a semi decent run with it. Uh, they the fact that they've like so wasted him, he hasn't even had this. They are just touting like, oh, he he won like the what was it the U.S. title off Shinsuke? Yeah, he and that's like yeah. Oh, okay, it was Intercontinental. Yeah, it's like that's like the first major title he's won, like not yeah. counting, of course, the. Tag. The tag title. No, yeah, it's like that's you're just... forgetting the great um, Saudi Arabia belt no. that was never seen <laughs> again. I had successfully forgotten until now. That green abomination, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, they can, should... I wonder how long till he can sell that on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> No, what they're probably going to do is they're probably going to throw it up on um, on WWE Shop Zone and charge yeah. like eight hundred dollars for it. Yeah, like they did the uh, that weird Undertaker replica belt. Oh, you're forgetting um, the you're forgetting that stupid Fiend belt that was like six thousand dollars. Oh yeah, because that was my favorite. Uh, Vix had my favorite tweet about that belt. He tweeted out like, "If you buy this belt, like send me a picture of you with the belt so I can block you." Mm-hmm. Um, you know what the sad thing is I probably know like one or two people who would <laughs> if they had the money 
then I think they would drop it on that. <laughs> oh man, if I if I had six grand, there's so many more boring things I would do with it. That's yeah. also fair. Like, I was gonna say if I had six grand, I'd be like, hey, I want a new kitchen, but I'm old, so yeah. Um, I was gonna say, Matt, I, I was watching just the other day. There was a uh, someone posted a link. It's like, look how over Braun was at the time, and it was when. They put Braun uh, in there, the, his first thing against Lesnar. Lesnar germined him, and Braun just got up from it, and the crowd yeah. lost it. And it's like, how could you have this opportunity in front of you and just and let it slip through your fingers? Go back to like two years ago when they had him basically destroying everyone in the Elimination Chamber match. Yeah. And he was like so awesome and over in that. And then, you know... Well, and the problem now with, he... the problem with Braun is they destroyed the roster of the process too because he would he would chump everyone out, but mm-hmm. then he would trip over his dick in the big match. So then he would look stupid, but then everyone that got chumped by him in the process also looked bad. So you pretty much buried everyone when you would do that stuff to him. Yeah, yeah. This is a. This is actually a weird aside. It's just kind of good. They, they script everything so much, and it just doesn't work. And I don't know. I really don't know what it is at this point. I can't even just say, like, I wish I could just pawn it off on Vince. But it's like the the underlying quality of the writing is just bad. Because yeah. my wife and I had SmackDown on the other day. It was actually this past Friday, and there was a, there was the dirt sheet. It's like the return of the dirt sheet with um yeah. with Miz and with John Morrison. And we watched it for like five minutes and the dialogue was so bad. And it clearly was scripted. It was clearly scripted. And it's one of those it's one of those situations where it's almost like a sitcom where there there are jokes that are had that has been written and are being, you know, recited. And they're just not funny, and they're really bad, and yet the people portraying it, I in this case, Miz and John Morrison, have to act like it's the funniest shit you've ever heard. Yeah, and it's like such good comedy, and, and like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna insult the crowd, and it's a great zinger. And the the announcers have to try and sell it like it's like fantastic, and it's just it was it was cringe, it was embarrassing. And after that, my wife and I were just like, no, nah, we can't can't watch the rest of this i think the problem is is no one no one in wwe including the announcers talk like a human being no it's it's catchphrases it's trying to sell certain points that whatever vince or whomever is obsessed with it, it they don't they don't i mean that was to talk about them that was um that was Moxley's criticism is that it, he's like, I, I wouldn't talk like this. Like no one talks like this. Yeah. Like, why are you giving me this line to say it's dumb? Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's the biggest thing. Like I've done some, some stage performance stuff and they've handed it to me. I said, how much are we do? You know, how much play do we have in this? And they said, well, we want you to go straight by the script. And I've gone, I'm not going to, it's going to sound so bad coming out of my mouth that there's no way I'm going to say it this way. Well, we really want you to follow the script. I guess you're going to have to find someone else because I'm not saying this. It's the writing, like I don't. 
if there's a disconnect between writing and, and like when you write it down versus how it's going to be spoken or what, but there's a lot of spoken or there's a lot of writing that just, it does not translate. And mm. I didn't see it, but like the original dirt sheet work, cause it was Ms. and Morrison like clowning on people and they did it themselves. Now it's like, Oh, you remember that thing they did that. Remember the, that thing you two did. We're going to tell you how to do it. And it's just like, no, we did it. And like, no, we're going to tell you how. It's like, well, this is going to suck. And it did, from what you're saying. That's yeah, it wasn't good. Like, when you have to get in all their like buzzwords and terminology like WWE Universe, it's just like, you don't even sound like a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, he talks like, that way, like you said. Like, especially like the perfect example of that is Michael Cole. Like, when some big surprise happens, by the time he's gotten in all of his cute little, like, WWE-approved, like, corporate-speak, like, it's ruined the moment already. It's boss time. Sasha Banks has arrived here in front of the... Wait, (laughs) arrived here in front of the WWE universe for her title opportunity? I I swear, if I was next to him, I would jab a fork right in his leg every time he said that. (laughs) But I'm not far off, am I? No, I really, like, I really just want to, like, I just, it it angers me so irrationally when he says that. It makes me hate, I, I, Sasha has been one of my favorite performers over the last couple years. It is so bad, it makes me hate her. So you're kind of like Miss White from Clue. I hated her so much. Flames, flames on the side of my face, that kind of thing. Yes, if I had a candlestick, I would bash it over his head. (laughs) Okay. There's one other one that he does that I just, I despise. Oh, the big dog, like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's gone so well in that recent feud. Anyway, Matt, um, I'm going to drag us back over to topic. Who was your other other runners up? Yeah, two <laughs> other ones, just to be real quick, because we got sidetracked with my ranting about <laughs> about the WWE. Um, uh, from I'll do two guys from MLW. Um, okay. Tom Lawler, I think, is very talented. Um, obviously, has a, a legit sports background, mixed martial arts background. Uh, transition into the world of professional wrestling, and I actually think he has been pretty good in MLW. Obviously, he he had the uh, the world title there for a while. His uh, promo his, after he turned on the Von Erichs was excellent. Like his his reasoning yeah, for it and everything. Yeah, his, his might work is good. Um, he's just he's a talented guy. I think that they could do a lot with him. Like a, you could build a company around him. Um, uh, the only thing is he is, I guess, a little bit older. He's like 36, I believe, that, turning 37 this year. That's practically young in WWE these year, these days. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, you could still get another, like, few years out of him. Um, but, yeah, he's very talented. And then the other guy who I think you could actually build a company around because he has improved, I think, by leaps and bounds is Davey Boysmith Jr., Oh, that's a um, great, that's a great pick. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Harry Smith. I I, I like I debated whether to switch him with the guy I actually picked um, because I think 
Davy Boy Jr. or Harry Smith, however you want to pronounce, like identify him. Right. He uh, he's probably more like a conventional pick in wrestling because he's uh, he's a big dude. He's like six foot six, almost three hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, but he has improved a ton. Like back when, if if you just remember him from when he was with the the New Heart Foundation team with um, Tyson Kidd and the WWE. Uh, he has been wrestling in New Japan for several years now with, um, with Lance Archer. They they were great. They won the, the, the tag titles there multiple times. He has improved both in promo ability and most definitely in his in-ring ability. Like He is really, really talented. Um, he, I'm surprised, actually. I think he just... I think he just re-signed with them. He might have. With MLW. Or not that long ago, I think. I think he either is in like a, a, a contract there's still more time where he re-signed with them. I think I saw something. I forget exactly what. But mm-hmm. I'm surprised that the WWE hasn't made a play for him again. Or that AEW doesn't want to snag him. Or that I'd be surprised if they wouldn't try to snag him if it's, when his contract's up. Because I think he's still got a lot of talent. And, and he could do a lot more than I, I, I hate selling MLW short like that, but it's obviously they don't have the exposure as mm-hmm. AEW or WWE. See, I'm betting a guy like that, though. I'm, I'm thinking the WWE probably doesn't have a lot of um, appeal to him because he can probably make enough more than enough money doing what he does for a lot less work. Because mm-hmm. I bet, you know, I bet... I bet the way he works, other than when he's in Japan, he gets three or four days off a week. Mm-hmm. He's probably bringing in like as much money as he wants in a week. So mm-hmm. I mean, he might not be making half a million, but he's he's probably clearing a hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand dollars, and he's probably working like half the time he'd be in WWE. So I mean, why would he necessarily want to sign back up for that? Yeah, that's a great point because I mean, look, there's there's always rumors. I think they're still floating around now that the revival wants out of their WWE contracts, and of course, the presumption would be that they would probably go to AEW um, or maybe Japan. Like, who knows? But and, and there obviously there are people out there who'd be like, well, why would they do that? WWE pays them, or I'm sure they'll be offering them, you know, five hundred thousand dollar contracts, and that's. You obviously would have to consider that, but they're both younger guys. It's not like Anderson and Gallows, who I think just resigned, yeah. who are older. And you know how much longer are they going to be doing this? They'd rather take like a five hundred thousand dollar paycheck for the next three years. Right. Um, and not but revival, are you- not everyone's motivated by the same thing. Like that's what I think people miss yeah. about the revival is some people. <laughs> Like, I know people like that. It's like, hey, why don't you, like, why don't I get you a job at my company and you can make more money? Like, because I don't want to do that. Like, I like my current job. Okay. So yeah. maybe yeah. they just want to do something, like, be they, somewhere they want to be. They want to go work. They yeah. want to get out there and, and they do. put on wrestling matches in the style they've developed for themselves. But the problem is they're not allowed to do that. And yeah. you know they've got to they've got to be a joke for everybody, and so I don't blame them if if they want to. I it, it's kind of what price your dignity. Yeah, um, I well, consider the, the revival as like a pick on mm-hmm. mine, but I was like, uh, building building a promotion around a heel tag team sounds like a tall order to me, and I don't know if I'm up for yeah. it. Yeah, 
Well, why wouldn't you want, if you're the Revival, why wouldn't you want to sign like with AEW if they're going to offer you a contract? Because maybe they'll pay you less, but, but maybe they'll pay you like, let's say, let's go like 200000 Maybe they'll pay you like $200,000. But then you're only going to work, even if you have to work every single TV taping, plus the, the four pay-per-views, yeah, that's, you're going to be working less than 60 days a year. And then they AEW seems to be pretty cool with with people working indies or even with Japan, provided that you know AEW's the primary focus, where you're not yeah. going to miss shows, you're not going to miss a pay per view because you're you're in Japan or your work. Well, I mean, they I say that, but they kind of gave Chris Statlander a, a pass on her one indie gig, but I don't know. It would you're right. The other people would be are motivated for different things. Like if I was. If I was going to sign with someone, it's like, well, maybe I would do AEW, and I only have to work like sixty dates a yeah. year. Versus, well, and, and you can pick up you can pick up extra work if you want it. It's not like it's going to be hard. Yeah. If they said, you know, we wanted to go out and work some more, they'd be like, I mean, they're going to call you, man. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's. I totally get that because that that would be. Yeah, I mean, in in where, where I work, I work at a I work at a mid size ish company, and I work in a city with a lot of similar competitors. And I could go to a bigger company, and probably make, not double, but I could probably make thirty percent more a year, if I went to another company. But then I would lose out on things I like about my company, so I stay where I'm at. Because not everything's about money. Yeah. Um, who was your other other pick, uh, Matt? No, that for runner-ups, those are the guys. Okay. I wanted those to add the- one more before we get into our picks, because he actually is someone that was neck and neck with my pick and i almost pulled an audible last minute which is um eddie kingston oh okay Hmm. um because with with there you run into the age issue but i think matt will attest especially from nwa power is that he was he actually was a pretty he came off like a pretty big star in that like good worker good promos like you know you can audible him between face and heel pretty easily yeah Mm -hmm. Knows how to work like the championship style. He does, and he's he's a guy who has. A, you really have to be knowledgeable about indie wrestling, especially indie wrestling of the last like say like ten, fifteen years. Um, he was pushed in like a main event role in places like CZW, um, Chikara. Chikara. Yeah, Chikara. He did a lot of great work. Um, he. He got some good pushes in like Ring of Honor too. He's a guy who his promo abilities are are fantastic, and part of that's because they just seem very raw. Like he puts a lot of emotion and and really like real life into yeah, his statements. He um, I think it was Colt's podcast. Maybe he was on there talking about his life a bit. So I think there's some uh, yeah. pulling of real life there. Yeah, I mean he's he's had his demons. He's like he's he's gone through some stuff in his life. So, um, and he's a good worker. He's kind of underappreciated. Like I feel he's almost like 
I don't want to say forgotten because he's he is being used, but he's a guy who like you could actually slot into like a main event spot, and give him yeah. push like that, and be totally fine. Like he can handle he could handle it both in the ring and with the promo work. And he they, knows uh, how to like he knows how to project mm-hmm. being like a big deal. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not quite up to date on on power. Um, behind like an episode or two. But I do like I do like that they gave him a storyline. Because he was kind of just like there doing stuff, like his with tag team with homicide and they weren't really pushing them per se. But I like that he's actually getting to do a storyline too. Because again, NWA Power is very good about actually giving people things to do and and kind of moving storylines further. Yeah. I feel right. like he caught on a little more than they were anticipating to. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did. Okay, so what I'd like to do, Matt, since we're kind of on a roll with your stuff, is I would love to hear uh, who your pick is and why. Okay. Uh, so my pick, I felt, is slightly unconventional because he he's been wrestling for a few years but not a ton uh and he's also it it would be kind of challenging in a sense to push him because he is a smaller worker um but he's someone who i think has a lot of talent he has a lot of charisma and he's a guy that obviously people are just starting again and kind of get attached to and, and get hyped for include into and that is aew's darby allen Ooh, that is a good pick. Interesting. He's, uh, yeah, he's um, I had barely ever heard of him before AEW. I'll be honest with you. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's done. He did some stuff with um with Progress. I know he did some uh, evolve that they didn't pay him for. Hmm. Oh yeah, That's, I remember. Uh, yeah. Who did? He, yeah, it was on Jericho's podcast. He talked about that. Yeah. Gabe don't like you paying yeah. the um the smaller time wrestlers. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's uh he's only been he's only been working since twenty fifteen, so he's only been in the business about almost five years. Uh he's young though, he's only he's twenty seven years old, so if you're looking for longevity, assuming there's no horrible injuries, which with his style like that could happen. Yeah, um, he's a really good. He's a really good mat worker, though. So I think he could transition once he's more established. And it seems like mm-hmm. he's done that in AEW. Yeah, he can. Um, he can transition to a more mat based style, which he's actually really good at. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's like deceptively good at it. And, but the style of matches that he's been working, uh, you don't quite entirely see that at all times. Mm-hmm. But he is pretty good at letter, it. If you read that letter someone sent to Meltzer, I think it was, about mm-hmm. when AEW started, like he does... So it's actually kind of sad, and it's why I get mad at people that hate on him, like people like him and Marco. Is mm-hmm. um, Someone wrote this article that knows him talking about how he's actually like this really great like mat worker and stuff but no one would give him a chance that he has to do all the crazy stupid stuff that people criticize him for now because no one Mm -hmm. would give him a chance otherwise. So that's actually why I get really mad when people bash on him about that stuff. It's like, well, if people like you would actually be a little more open-minded about the people 
yeah. you um you think about as wrestlers, then people like Darby Allen wouldn't have to cough and drop on ring aprons and stuff because then they could get over on their own talent instead of being told they're too small. Mm-hmm. When Allen was on Jericho's podcast, he actually mentioned that is that people would bring him in solely for him to do one of those big crazy stuntman spots is what he called them. And he was like, God, can I uh, just want to do, you know, something else. So it doesn't (laughs) surprise me that he can work another style. I mean, it's, I don't imagine that, that trying to kill yourself all the time is, is fun. Mm -hmm. He does have a background in collegiate wrestling. Um, not to say that he's, you know, like a Brock Lesnar type or a Kurt Angle, but he he does know his way around actual wrestling. Hey, um, Shad, can I ask it, you a, a random question? Just it is uh-huh. on the Darby Allen train. So when you see a guy like him and you see him doing mat work that's just like so fluid and like so effortless, as someone that's actually had to do that stuff, do you do you just get a little tear at how like natural and like effortless it seems to come to um certain guys i have grumbled about it because mat work is not something i've i'm i'm particularly good at um when i i did some i did a stretch of brazilian jiu-jitsu but my training partner like at the time i think i clocked in like i was at fighting weight i was like at 230 um he was the same weight as me but he was five or six inches shorter. So it was like wrestling with a fire plug. I just, I couldn't move him anywhere. (laughs) And, uh, so that was really frustrating. (coughs) And, um, the, the thing that I kept, you know, cause you know, I'm like, well, God, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do with this? And then there was a guy I worked, uh, that I, I worked out with on the mat one day who was, like not like no kidding he was like half my size like half my body volume half my half my height all that kind of stuff but it was like wrestling with a spring i just could not keep a hold of him and so whenever i see smaller people doing that i'm kind of sitting there going ooh you little bastard you would just be an absolute nightmare and so you know for alan to do that sort of stuff i'd I would definitely appreciate it. It'd be like, oh, damn, gone. He can go. But on the other hand, just, oh, you, you, that's, mm. you know. So I think, I think it's great that he can do it. It adds a you know, great dimension and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I might grumble about it a little bit. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just curious. Um, what were you going to say, Matt? Oh, I was just, talking more about reasons why I would pick him or why I think he's a, he would be a good pick. Just, I mean, he, he has a lot of charisma, I feel. And people are, I think people are really starting to get behind him. They, they're picking up on that. Um, he hasn't had, he's been doing, he's been cut some promo, some promos, but not like, not like every week he's cutting promos, but clearly like when he is, when he does get that promo time, he is able to kind of connect with the crowd and kind of get the point over. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they've done a really good job establishing his character. He's not, even though he's smaller, which I think is a challenge. He's, 
he's only 5'8", 180 pounds. So that kind of puts him almost in like a, like a Rey Mysterio type of size. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little bigger than Rey Mysterio. But I mean, that that's challenging because you can't have him necessarily up against like the biggest guys in the roster and just book him book him normally like you have to have a little bit of smoke and mirrors sometimes right uh but they've really done a good job with his character where he is essentially fearless he's not backing down and i don't this is something that again the wwe does this like they screw this up all the time. Like one of the one of the main ways you can just an easy way to get a guy over is that you have him go out there and be like, I'm gonna kick your ass. I don't care how big you are, I don't care if you're bigger than me, I don't care how tough you are, like I'm not gonna back down. And when you present a worker like that, a, a character, people latch on to it because they're like, Oh, okay, this guy means business. Like he's brave, he's he's not gonna take shit from anyone. Uh-huh. And you can get a guy over. The fact that Darby Allen, he you know, is a smaller guy, but he goes out there and he's like, I, I will take on anyone. I'm like the the match he did like a few weeks back where he was challenging Moxley. And he's like, I'm gonna go, like we're gonna fight. And not backing down, even though Moxley was established as this guy who literally will, you know, get in death matches with people. Uh-huh. Uh and was printed has been kind of presented as the biggest badass in, in AEW essentially. Uh-huh. It adds to it, and it kind of gets him over. And I think he's definitely been connecting with the crowd. Again, I, I kind of mentioned this before on the podcast, but uh, right after on Halloween, there was he was essentially retweeting on his Twitter page all the different people who were essentially cosplaying as him for Halloween. They're going dressed as Darby Allen, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of people. Now, look, statistically, a lot of kids. yeah, statistically, I mean, even if it's I could say a lot and it could only be like a hundred people. But then again, like how many people are out there in today's climate, even when wrestling is popular, at least with a certain segment of the population, how many people are going out there dressed as wrestlers from Halloween? Like probably not a lot. You're not, maybe you'll get some kids dressed up as, I don't know, like Roman Reigns or something, but you're not going to get a lot of people going out there dressed like that. And yet people are going out there dressed like him. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's someone who, He's been compared to him before, but he kind of has like a Jeff Hardy vibe. And I, I just say that in a positive way. Jeff Hardy has a lot of his <laughs> own flaws and faults, but yeah. people forget that there was a time when Jeff Hardy was absolutely insane over. Oh, yeah. And people connected with him. And I think he kind of can he kind of touches upon that. Um, so, yeah, he you're right. Like you brought up a good point. He does kind of connect with kids. Um, and he kind of has, you know, the whole punk rock thing going, but he is really like straight edge. So in a weird way, <laughs> you could push him as a role model. He has, um, he has the punk rock thing down though, in a way that it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. an old man trying to be like, hello, fellow young people. <laughs> fellow kids. Yes. How do you do fellow kids? <laughs> yes. How about those? How about those Ramones kids? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's believable in that regard. Um, the only thing I think where it'd be tricky is that if you if you want to turn him heel, and maybe he will eventually, like I'm not quite sure how you do it because I feel like he has a lot of like cachet as a as a baby face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure you could do it, but I think he works better as a baby face because because he is smaller, when you see him getting his ass kicked, you feel for him. He it's it's like the whole Ricky Morton vibe. Yeah. Um 
and then when you when you you want him to win, you want him to overcome odds, and when he does, especially when he does after taking kind of a high risk, it's rewarding. And I think again, they've done an exceptional job of kind of pushing him. I think guys like Cody, who obviously was has been established as as probably the biggest face star in the company, um, and arguably is maybe the best baby face in North America right now. I think that's that's. I think that'd be a fair statement. I I would I would have so, one quibble. The with, fact that he's gone, like my one quibble with Cody is the best face is um, it would be neck and neck with him and Tim Storm. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but and yeah, we like can't, fact- we can't do that to Mama Storm. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that's that. That's true. We can't too, do that. Right? We can't. I think um with with Darby too his. His match with Jericho where they like handcuffed him. I really enjoyed oh that as gosh, ridiculous yeah. as it was. And um I also liked what really put him over in that match though was that Jericho came out like with pretty much did the pain master thing for him, which I think really put mm-hmm. him over. Yeah. And the the Pac match from last month was really good. Yeah, he's he's had he's had good matches and he's been booked very well and I think you could take a guy like Darby and you could you could definitely center a promotion around him and as a mostly as a babyface. So that's my yeah, pick. I think so. I think that that's a good pick and I think you're right like you could turn him like I if 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 it were me I'd say you could probably turn him by having him beat the piss out of, you know, Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. But you know what's funny? That's... I was gonna say like I turned him heel if Jungle Boy was coming in to be like my my main like white meat baby face. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah, it's 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 a lot easier to make him a bully in that case. But I think you that's a that's a good pick, um, and it would make you stand out because mm-hmm. it, it would not be. Um, What's the phrase I'm looking for here? It would, you would stand out, and you wouldn't be the. Uh, it, it would not be the standard, and therefore I think you would build a um, a very uh, a more steadfast audience with it, like a stronger core audience, because that you wouldn't be sharing that audience as much. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a that's a real that's a that's a good pick. I like that. I think I was probably sold on him, um, and this is within probably like the first four episodes of it, of Dynamite. Is when he was he came out. Uh, I think it was wasn't it when like the inner circle was like teaming up against. Is, uh, it, when he, is it when he came out on the skateboard and attacked Jericho? Yeah, he came on the skateboard and then did like a jumping knee to, to Jericho. And oh my god! The crowd went insane, and at that point, I think I was sold on him, both because that was really cool, but also because it was like, okay, wow, they really have something on their hands with this kid. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I mean, I I think he has a very promising future, not just in wrestling, but certainly in AEW. Like, I think down the road, obviously, they have storylines that are geared towards other things right now, but it's not going to surprise me if somewhere down the road, within probably this year, if you see him get a push maybe even have him have a title match against uh well i presume if there's like a heel champion yeah uh, if they do a secondary title which they're kind of banding about 
uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's, you know, in like a top contention for that. Because he's a guy who they clearly could put like a secondary title on. Oh, easily. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think he's slowly getting that push because he's kind of getting that like taking the his opponents to the limit but ultimately losing. Yeah. I th- I whenever I saw his the match he had with Cody, I was like not only do they see something special in him to do this, but I see something special too. I was I was kind of on board at that point. I'm like, "Okay, we're going to see we're going to see good stuff, and it's just continued to be good stuff. You know what the thing with him, too, with AEW is it really shows how easy it is to do the basics of someone and get them over, and I wish WWE would actually remember how to do that stuff. Mm. It, they keep trying to reinvent the wheel, it seems like. It's like, oh, no, 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 we got we to gotta go back and do it again. Like, yeah, you you really don't. I mean, you you guys know what works. Why why you got to reinvent? You know, go back again. Yeah, I know. So, Brad, let's let's go ahead and and let's let's hit yours. Who did uh, who did you pick to base around? So this is someone I've actually championed as deserving of a title run in WWE for. I'm trying to think, at least three years. Mm-hmm. I know on this show I've brought him up in the past. So my pick is uh, Big E mm-hmm. from the New Day, mm. um, because this is what this is what I see when I think of Big E. I see pretty good worker in the ring, not mm-hmm. like elite level, but good enough. Um, excellent speaker. Yeah. Um, just off-the-charts personality guy you could send on any show and could probably talk people into an arena or buying a ticket or getting, like, you know, buying that show. Um, Just probably the best WWE angle of the last two years on the Twitterverse, uh, macking it with Becky's mother. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot about that. (laughs) That was great. That was like what, like, just like the stuff he does, like when, um, when, was that him? Was he the one that was sending like the, he was like sexting like boob pics of himself on Twitter one random night while he was at home or something? Yeah. But just like the things like, you know, the gif of him eating the popcorn, like there's just. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot about that too. There's so much personality he injects into everything <laughs> that I feel just gets wasted and isn't appreciated. Yeah, hey, you said it gets wasted. Think about what his early run was like. And they're like, oh, no, we're just going to have him be a bodyguard for this guy. So now you look at what we know as what Biggie's capable of, and you look back, it's like, seriously, guys, that's what you had. You had Big E, and that's what you had him doing? Are, are you kidding me? I also love him for the... It's it's a short gif, but the one where the Dudleys were taking liberties with them, and he totally destroyed Bubba on that apron splash. Oh, I'd need to go back and find that. 
you've seen it before. The one where he just like does that splash on the apron and just destroys him. I'm sure I have seen it, but I'm drawing a blank right now. It's it's when the Dudleys like first came back and was working with them. Like they were they were taking some liberties with them, and Biggie gave them a gave them a receipt on a pay per view. I'll find it for you after the show. Okay. Uh, I want to. I, I... Let's see what I can find. But, but yeah, um, I think so. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to kind of talk about Brock. Because... Oh, God, I just found it. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, he destroys oh, him, doesn't God. he? Because <laughs> like, he doesn't even try to land on the apron. Like, no, I, he's you... just hanging out face up. He doesn't know... even try to land on the apron. He just comes down, which means that he just stretches Bubba's back down over the edge. Holy Cause cow. Because I, I, I know you've been in the ring, and I'm pretty sure you know. Because by your reaction, I'm taking it you know a receipt when you see one. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes. That's not your standard receipt. That's a, like, don't you dare screw with me kind of receipt. Yeah. And, you know, he was in NXT. He was the NXT champion at one point. I didn't particularly care for him in NXT because he kind of had to find his personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when he did that, it went really well. What I appreciate, though, about his personality is he does, like, he's a lot like Brock. And I know that's a weird one to say, but, like, when Brock can really, like, sink his teeth into something. Yeah. Um, and he really lets that personality shine through, like that segment he did with um, R-Truth a couple weeks ago. Or, like, when... um when he had the money in the bank briefcase or even his like reaction to Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Like he has that kind of personality. Things were like, you know, it just, um, it just shines through and it feels natural. It doesn't feel forced. Yeah. Well, you even look back at whenever they started like letting the new day be the new day and how they started goofing on people. Like the, the first thing I remember is them dunking on people and it's they're just wandering around backstage with a goal and then like here comes biggie like holds the goal and kofi just jumps and dunks on him and, like they were having so much fun out of the gate that everybody was on board and now you see biggie like everything you know the hip swivel and the 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 lead-in promos and all that kind of stuff i i think that's a great pick my only criticism is would you give him a different finisher? What's his finisher now? You have to the, the big ending. It's like the over the shoulder, and then he drops back to like drop them face first on the mat. Yeah, we could we could work with that. Okay, and give him something else. Just gotta give him the Rikishi driver. I would maybe throw a big splash after he does that or something. I just I don't like the big ending as a finish. It just seems. So it seems so lackluster for someone like him, but and I think I, like I think a lot. and I think the other thing, like especially like I think for my promotion, I'd be more of a just bring guys in, let them do their thing, and send them on their way. Mm-hmm. A little more old school about it, or something, and I think that would work better for like you said, just like a guy that's got a lot of personality is going to dunk on them a bit. And yeah, then you can send them packing afterwards. So I think um, I think he would work well for that style of promotion. And I think I think like the matches would be good. I don't think they would be like amazing or anything. Like I don't think you're going to be getting like 
Cody's big matches in AEW good, but I think um, I think the matches would be good enough. I think they'll be really engaging, which um, to me seems like the the really big thing. Like Big E's going to get the people invested. And I think I think the other thing with him is he's one of those few wrestlers that knows how to use social media right. So I think you would get that benefit from him too. He uses it to hit on older women. Yes. Hey, hey. Yeah. Can you send me that gif or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Hang on just a second. I'll send it to you. I want to see that. I don't remember that one. Okay. Oh, it's 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 hilarious. Yeah, I'll send that right over to you, Matt. And, it, and we'll pause for just a second so that uh, so we can hear your your reaction because this is oof, that's rough. All right, there you go. Just send it over. Thank you. Yep. I think Diggy's a great pick. I think he has such like underrated. <laughs> See what I mean? Oh. Oh, he just did not care. <laughs> I love that pick. He the 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 air he gets on that, and just he looks like he's having fun. He's having um, fun in a receipt. That's kind of scary. Oh yeah. No, that's that's. I love that gift because rarely do you see to get do you see someone get just destroyed mm-hmm. on a move, but he absolutely destroys Bubba on that one. He does. Yeah, he really does. But yeah, Vicky is like he's so charismatic i think that's he that's really like underrated i mean people people obviously know he's very talented with the new day but it's like you could you could build this guy as a main event worker and i sadly don't think that vince will ever see it um but you absolutely could like he's i think he's good enough in the ring and it any kind of shortcomings in that regard, like the fact that he can talk and he is so funny and, and so like just charismatic. I think you could actually, you could do a lot with him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I would say, I think Xavier Woods is super charismatic and I think he's a great personality, but I also, mm-hmm. I think if, if it was just Kofi and Xavier, I don't think new day would ever have worked. I think it would work, yeah. just not not as well. They would never have been like the merchandising, like powerhouse that they became. Like they mm-hmm. needed like the element that Biggie brought to it. Like he yeah, was kind of like the glue yeah. to, that made it all. I think that the you you needed all three of them to get what you got. Like if you took any one of them out, I don't think it would work near as well. And and no. obviously, right? But I mean, it's holistic. They're more than the sum of their parts. So. Um, that, uh, you know, I, I agree with you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Sorry, we're all just laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> just killing Bubba. Oh, golly. I just, I want to go to a chiropractor just watching that. Jeez. It's glory. It's like a glorious, like, just destroy someone. Oh, Yeah. Oh man. Okay. I guess I better do mine. Um Oh yes, yes. 
Brad just sent us the Big E eating popcorn gift. That, which is one of the, you know what? That's it, so great about that is that if you if you actually follow like social media, like on Twitter or things like that, that gift pops up even in conversations when it, it's not even remotely wrestling related. Yeah, but so whenever there's like whenever there's like drama starting, someone will never really post that <laughs> that gift. It's so oh, good. it's so it's so good for so many. It's replaced Michael Jackson eating popcorn. That's what I was gonna say. Like it, it replaced it replaced that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and it's it's even more animated because like the Michael Jackson eating popcorn at the beginning of Thriller is classic, but Biggie is so excited, and he's not just eating popcorn. He's like chomping on it. And there's bits flying everywhere. Ah, uh, it it's like the next level for the original meme. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm unfortunately well Kevin that. Dunn got that and missed the first Edge Spear in 20 years in the yeah. ring at the time. Yeah. Yep. Did you see just to, before we go off on that? Did you see that they've edited in like the other cut because they screwed that up so bad on the I, network? I did. I, I heard that. I saw the the new the headline about it. like by the way they edited that back in. It's like inside. Well, that wasn't me. I I I never went. I never would have done that, Vince. It's just Kevin Dunn. I imagine it's like you know how much money I make now. No one's ever going to wipe a booger on me again or give me a wedgie. It just—it's not going to happen. That's that's how I imagine Kevin Dunn lives his life. Uh. <laughs> All right, I might as well do mine, and uh, I'm sure that it's given what we said so far for for longtime listeners. It may be obvious, but. I want. Wait, wait, wait. I, I want. I want to guess. I want to guess. Uh, no, wait a minute. Is this fair? Yes. Because uh, it, okay, so I'm putting on my. I'm putting on my like special guessing hat. You picked JTG. <laughs> wow, that's he knows how to get heat. <coughs> he wrote a book I about. Think you, it. I think this is biased because you want Shad Gaspard because he has the same first name as you. No, I don't. I don't want a copycat. I'm 10 years older than that guy. Um, or something like that. I, I don't... If I'm running the promotion, I got enough money to get my neck fixed. Um, the <laughs> I do have a soft spot for crime time, though. I'm glad they're doing indie shows every now and yeah. then again. <clears throat> uh, but... My my pick is going to – I want someone who is capable of doing good ring work. I want someone who is capable of going back and forth between heel and face. I want someone who is totally believable as a badass, and I can rely on him to have good enough matches with a range of different kinds of people and, you know, have him – I can – I know I, I knew I could trust – him to build people up even if he can only give me five years to build this to build my my promotion up i believe that my go-to guy would be samoa joe so can i ask you your so the first thing that would jump out to me and i know you i know you you prefaced it by saying you don't expect to get much out of him how um how would you kind of what would you do to protect him from kind of what i would say his nagging injury okay issue. okay that brings up because i was i was thinking about that very thing and an interesting thought hit me we have enough cases of guys 
being on the road and, um, you know, picking up nagging injuries and, and, you know, trying to work through them until they turn into big injuries, that what I would do is I would actually make it part of my promotion to acknowledge that those small things happen. And so, like, let's say, you know, someone, someone, you know, you're having a match and, and someone, you know, rolls their ankle and it's so badly sprained they can't walk on it. We're just going to say, yeah, that happened. And these guys are, we'd still have them be able to cut promos. You know, we'd, we'd still let them, you know, if they want to do appearances, great. We'll still have them there to do that. And, um, you know, you, you can even build this new dynamic of, you know, how much of a dirtbag heel are we talking about here? Is this someone who's going to jump everybody on crutches or is it like they're just going to menace it or or something like and And kind of play it in more kind of like a real sport and being like, okay, you know, this happened. You know, these things happen. So if it does, we're not going to use this to take the guy out. We're going to use this as an opportunity for him to... Um, you know, build up and, and build some heat for the comeback and not let him be forgotten, stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's that that's how I would address that. I just, I think Joe has all of the tools I would want to be the centerpiece until I got everything else built. He would be good on the promo like side of things. I think that's like an underrated thing he really excels at. Well, his promos are so good. I was thinking you could take, you could send him off to get that that whatever that stem cell therapy that like Mysterio and edge got. Yeah. Um, might help him out. His stuff's a lot of his stuff's just like, I don't think he's had like super serious stuff. It's been a lot of like that crap that happens when you start getting older and you've got a lot of wear and tear. The biggest injury that I am aware of is when he broke his tailbone doing that, uh, that flying drop kick on the arena steps to sting. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's that's the um that's the one that I can think of is is that that's the biggest injury that I'm aware of. But I believe that given the time and the other fun thing I could do is if Joe's being a heel, then he just he's got the title but he's like you ain't earned it. You know, you've got to you've got to prove that you earned your title shot and then whenever they do get it he's like Oh, look, you put yourself through the ringer only to get, you know, it's like playing through an original NES game and you finally get to the boss, but you only have one life and 50% health left or something. Oh, that was the worst in Mega Man games. <laughs> like, oh, I have one life left and two bars on my life. I'm dead. Yeah. But you could go a long way towards that or as a face. Even if, even if Joe's not challenging for the title. He just shows up and talks trash, and we build his reputation so much that he doesn't even really have to step into the ring until throwdown time. Like, he might do a run-in and, and flatten you, or he might have some face-offs or something, but I'm, I'm going to lean on his reputation as just, you know, the, the, the prospect of facing him is enough to concern everybody else on the roster and use that aura to to kind of sidestep as much of the injury stuff as I can as well. It's gotten really quiet really fast. I'm thinking. It's probably because I, think I, of... I quit talking. Well, no, I was, um, I was thinking to myself what I thought you could reasonably expect to get out of him mileage wise. 
I was trying to debate if I thought five years is being over am- overly ambitious. I was thinking two years you could probably reasonably expect, but I mean that's plenty of time to to luck into someone coming up that you can snatch up and build around. Well, and and with the idea of the the lighter schedule thing, I would want to do more of what AEW does, and it's like, look, you know, we're gonna have our shows, but I'm not gonna try and get you guys to kill yourselves. Um, yeah. you got to have time to rest and recover. you got to have time to, you know, that sort of thing. That At least to me, that would be important. If you want to go out and work indie shows the other six days a week, that's up to you. But, you know, I want you to be able to, to have the opportunity to rest up a little bit if, if you need to. Yeah. Matt, you're real quiet. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was actually just looking up... Um, kind of some of his career like all the uh, the accolades he has i think he's a dude who is so believable as a badass like i'm a little disappointed that they haven't done more with him mm-hmm. um it, it, i loved the mini few that they had with brock mm-hmm. oh, that was you know what the best promo i think he did in wwe is when he had Heyman alone and choked mm-hmm. him out, and he's like, "This is what I'm gonna do to Brock." And he like ex- yeah. described exactly what he was gonna do. Then he choked Heyman out. Yeah. And when, and when they when they did that promo with um, right after right before right after their match, but right before SummerSlam, where Brock was looking at Roman, he's like, "Hey, you look at me when I'm talking to you." Yeah. And the whole crowd was like, "Oh, wow." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and again, to go back to what I was saying, it's like all you really, it's so easy. Like all you really have to do is just book someone strong. And by strong, I don't mean like they have to be like Superman, like they've done with Cena or with Roman. You just have to go out there and have them be like fearless and just presented as a legitimate like badass or a threat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously with Joe, he's believable because he's a big dude. He has like an intensity. But it really is just like Brock Lesnar was has been booked probably stronger than anyone in the WWE, even Roman, over the last like five years. He's been booked just like as an unstoppable monster. But they had Joe. It, Joe got immediately over because he just had Joe go be like, "I don't care. Like I'm gonna take this dude out," and it worked. So well, Lesnar was really good in that feud because Lesnar showed like hesitation. Yeah, he's like, "This guy could actually get me." Cause like when like Joe's music would hit, like Brock would like take a step back and stuff. Like there were like a lot of little things mm-hmm. yeah. he would do. And Heyman was really good in that because Heyman like Heyman like really was afraid of like what could happen. Mm-hmm. And that one that one like right before their match where he did that um he got he got um Lesnar in the Kikina clutch and like Lesnar was just like turning all like red and stuff. Yeah. Oh man, that was you're right. That was such a good feud. The only thing I didn't like about that feud is that Brock came out the winner. <laughs> well, he got they got he got hosed because they um <coughs> that was when everything was getting buried for Roman. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> and oh, we also have that they did have that glorious SummerSlam match though where uh Braun was throwing office chairs at people. Yeah. That's mm. true. Um, Braun flinging furniture is is a visual that never fails to crack me up. Yeah. But yeah, that's that would be my guy, and I think <clears throat> I could I could go a 
get a lot of distance um, out of out of working with him for this purpose. I think that's actually a really strong pick. I think, I, like I said, I think, I think there are some, there are some things that would concern me with that pick, but I think you would just have to be cautious in your use of him. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know going in that these would be uh, things to be aware of. So it's it's not like it's just going to be like, oh, no, he gets hurt. And it's like, well, you know, that's why we're booking a lighter schedule. And that's why I'm not having him wrestle terrifically often. It's, it also makes it more special when he gets in the ring is because people are going to chant Joe's going to kill you. Then I want them to be excited and not get burned out on seeing him like murder people all the time. Can, can I share one of my other favorite Joe moments? Um, Go for it. This one's from TNA. It's right before... I think it was a 2006 bound for glory when angle made his like tv debut oh yeah and they do like the face off and angle like headbutts him and starts posing and then the whole while he's doing it you see joe get up and like joe's like bleeding from the head and just kicks him right in the head yeah joe gets to his gets up to his feet behind him kind of like uh michael myers and halloween and just unloads on him yeah yeah it's good stuff that's the thing. He's just he knows how to play to it. Even um, what was it he last makes... year? His his the promo like they're doing the whole. We appreciate Jeff Hardy, and then Joe's like, eh, you know, sorry, I was trying to get out here, but I was in the back popping some bottles. Maybe I shouldn't say that around you, Jeff. And it's just like, oh, because even if that was fully scripted, he delivered it so well. But no, you, I was gonna say oh, like he hell. really. He really deserves a medal for delivering WWE's like horse shit promos in like such a convincing manner and making it sound human. Yeah. I can't help but wonder if he if he just kind of he looks at him, he's like, No, I'm not I'm gonna I'm gonna do this my way and and just does and nobody says anything because it comes out so well. I think he cheats probably a little bit too and like cuts some of the crap off. But I think he's just, um, I think he's just, um, I think he just does it well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Was that was that that's was that um, was that one of the SummerSlams we covered on this version of the show where he got on the house mic and he was like he asked um, AJ Styles' his wife who's uh, her dad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> it was. Oh. Wendy, Wendy, how you doing? Wendy, <laughs> I'm coming home. Yeah. <laughs> Man. We also are forgetting uh, <laughs> one of the really underrated aspects about Samoa Joe uh, that people have forgotten is that he is absolutely one of the best, one of the world's best Girl Scout cookie sales people. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, you don't remember that? No. no. Shad, shad laughing <laughs> tells her that he knows. Um, so just for your your pleasure, Brad, after the, the podcast, go on YouTube and just Google, not Google, just search for Samoa Joe Girl, Girl Scout cookies. Um, I even forget like what, what caused, what, where that came from, but there's, a, there's some really good sketches out there. It's like who Jazz, Jazz the fact that you can do that the fact that you can pull that off is amazing, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh god. Oh my god, there's more than one. 
the best thing about it is that he he actually has a really good comedic timing. Yeah. I'm convinced the guy can do it all if they'll just let him. He's a remember don't forget like he's like he was like he he was like a professional dancer with his family at one point. Yeah. Um that was in his uh back in his TNA entrance, wasn't it? Yeah, they did that for one they did that for one with um with Liger. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah, he did that stuff. Remember, he talked about that on. Was it Austin's podcast? It was Austin's podcast, or it was um, Colt. I don't remember. It's gonna drive me nuts. Of course, now that you say he's been on Austin's podcast, I want to go find that and just listen to Austin talk to Joe for a while because I imagine that would be fun. I don't know if it was Austin's podcast. It might have been Colt's podcast. That's fair, but just just the idea that it could have been Austin's is is kind of intriguing to me. Those kind of run together for me now, because um, I listen to a lot of those around the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. Oh man! So, I- so we have a very we have a very wide range of uh people we pick there yeah we do we've got a really diverse diverse list and i like that a lot um i i i really get a kick out of that the fact that we've got so many different possibilities we even like hit the age spectrum pretty hard because i matt hit like a mid-20s guy i did like an early 30s guy and matt did like a late 30s guy yeah um so there, there. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of variants, but, but I like it. I like it. All right. Well, guys, is there anything else we wanted to wanted to hit before we got done, or is that gonna? Uh, did we want to talk about some of the rumblings about WWE Network that's been coming out since the investor call? Do we want to do that, or do we want to do we want to give that? Um, do we want to wait until we've got a little more concrete stuff to go on? Because there's a I, I mean, lot of... I mean, I mean, I think Vince said what they want to do, and it seems like that might be why the they kind of... Meltzer kind of talked a bit about why they got rid of the two executives. Okay. Um, and it it's just about spending money. Okay. I think is why they got rid of them. But so what? What? What Vince said, and I think has been inferred, is they're trying to get, they're trying to get the pay per views off the network and sell them to a different streaming service to make more money. The pay per views to a different service. Yeah. Like asking Hulu to carry them or something like that. I'm thinking like something like, um, is it Danzen? Dazone. Whatever it's called, yeah, the one that has like the, like that has like Bellator and a lot of boxing and stuff, or maybe even like ESPN Plus or something like that. So it seems like it seems like they're exploring options to do that, mm. to try and make more money. But I, I don't know of what I think about that because we've n- we've never really talked about it on the show much, but. Really, when you think about like what they did with the network, they've really devalued their own pay-per-views in the process, and I don't know, I don't know how that's gonna go for them because I think, I think like, especially like the way they book pay-per-views, that's gonna have to change. 
Like, they're going to have to go back to the old style when people are actually paying for it. Well, I far be it for me to complain too much if they change how they're booking their pay-per-view stuff now. Because God I knows they need to. I but, think what they're hoping for is like what the UFC has right now where they're on a streaming service, but they can still charge like pay-per-view prices. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they saw what that Connor cowboy show did like for ESPN plus, And I think they're, I think they want to like dip their toe into that money, which I'm not sure if they can really do that, but I think that would be really dumb for them to do after all the all the hype they've had for the last few years, you know, offering like free months, no matter when you sign up of network service. Haven't you seen the the the, the um oh, what's it called now? What's it's just Golden Crisp now, right? Or is it Sugar Crisp now? Because I know all the cereals aren't changed. The uh the one with the bear that used to like sing the song. Ain't and enough of that sugar yeah, crisp, yeah. Yeah, so look up Google Becky Lynch Sugar Crisp right now and see what's on the box. <laughs> they're giving they're giving away like three free months of the network if you buy like a box of like Sugar Crisp right now. What? Yeah, what? look it up. Oh my god! Look, like read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world are they? Okay, so. It's not that the network's not making them money. They're just so eager to give everything away, but they don't give people enough reason to stay subscribed. Yeah. And so I th- you... they're, they're missing the boat. They're not even missing the boat. They're looking in the entirely wrong direction. Like, why is the boat not getting any smaller? Well, it's because that one's docked, you idiot. Well, like, I, I understand giving away a free month here and there, but if you look at that box, three free months, like, that's a fourth of a year. Yeah, and if you buy that in, let's say, I don't know, March, then you get Mania for free. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, I think they, I think where, I think where they could have some, some actual success with doing this is if they, if they keep the majority of the pay-per-views on the network, but then they bundle the big four out to a different provider. I think that's the only way it would work. It's like, so you keep like your other stuff on there, but then rumble mania, SummerSlam, and survivor series. Okay. On that other service. I think that's, I think that's the most logical way to do it, but I don't think that's what they'll do. I think it's going to be, I don't nothing. I think that that's a good thought, but even survivor series doesn't really feel that special anymore. No, but they, I mean, they, they've really, they've done a lot to, devalue that as a show yeah it's it's you know even SummerSlam, they've kind of slowly started to erode that too yeah well SummerSlam, you know summer slams their christmas in july so it's they can't sink that shit too much i don't think but it, it's still well that doesn't mean it's ever stopped them before and, i guess and i just think there's not that much demand for their their shows at like anything over a set amount right there there's just it doesn't grab people like it used to because frankly it's not as it's not as engaging um what do you think Matt? Well, do you think that do you think they're that may not even be a good take 
do you think like they're making a mistake with this, or do you think it could work? No, I think that they're making a mistake. I think that the pay-per-views are what people are primarily looking for. I mean, at this point, I, I don't have time to really watch a lot of the other content on the network. Uh, I mm-hmm. mostly just watch, say, like NXT and the pay-per-views. So if they do away with if the pay-per-views, if the pay-per-views go to a different service, then I'm probably going to cancel the network. Because yeah. I... I there, there are older shows that I would like to watch, and I guess if we, if we wanted to actually do, you know, a podcast on an older show, like maybe. But I, if it's, I would probably just cancel the network and maybe subscribe to whatever other service is out there. Yeah, but the thing is, if we wanted to do an older show on here. Like, there's a good chance I have it already, and. If I don't have it, like, I can get it for us pretty easy. Like, I mean, it's not that hard to, like, get a, get a file of a show Yeah. in this day and age. Especially, like, older stuff. There are also, um, it's, it's, I, I was at Half Price Books uh, over the weekend. And so I'm wandering around waiting for them to offer to give me, you know, a roll of pennies and a used Kleenex for the books I brought in. And I moseyed over to where the... Uh, wow, you actually got a used Kleenex out of them? That's pretty good. Uh, dude, I play hardball. Um, the I, I moseyed over to where they had the wrestling DVDs because they squirrel them away in a dark corner because they don't want to admit they're there. And um, I, so I'm looking, and it's like, oh, you know, best of SummerSlam. And I looked at it, and I was like, who made this compilation? This is really bad. Why would I want to watch? Who? What the hell? What was on there? Um. Uh, no, it was. It wasn't SummerSlam. It was Great American Bash, and there was a lot of end of WCW stuff on it. They they always kind of whiff on the WCW stuff, and I was. I, I was polaxed by it because I'm like, why would this? You'd be like, oh, you know, this is we're going to sell these DVDs. This is going to be great. And it's like, we're just going to we're going to have people buy these so they can see these matches. And I'm like, I didn't want to see a lot of these in the first place. What makes you think I want to buy a DVD with this on it? I really have a love hate relationship with their DVD releases. Yeah, because like they do like some of them are really comprehensive and great. But then. They they double matches up a lot. Yeah, yeah, they do. Like a lot of the matches don't have the a lot of the compilations don't have a match you would expect it to have. You're like, oh, you know, I was looking, I was hoping to see Cactus Jack versus Vader, and they're like, no, that's not on here. But you want to see Cactus Jack versus Max Payne? We got that for you. And I'm like, well, why in the hell? And then it's like, oh, but, uh, you know, Mankind, Shawn Michaels is on this one for Mind Games. Cool, that's a good match. It doesn't need to be on, like, all the Foley box sets. Well, it's like, but that 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 match is on the Shawn Michaels set, like, so you're already, like, double dipping. Right. And so I'm, I'm like, why? What is up with some of these decisions? I'm... Like I think severely sometimes confused. they hedge their bets on, like, a sequel set, so they keep, they intentionally keep stuff off but then why why put another 
of the same match on a subsequent set. Because I don't know. Yeah, right? Because that person might not have bought that Shawn Michaels set when it was out, so, you know, I, I see the trap that's out there for that. It's It's tough. Yeah, so that's... You know, it's like it's like when you it's like when you go to see a band and like you've seen them eight times and you might not want to hear their hit. But there's some, you know, guy that's only been there once and wants to hear. Yeah, I, I you know, get wants that. to hear like, the big hit that you probably don't care about anymore. Like, I get it. Like there there's there's um, you got to You got to you got to you got to play to multiple crowds there. But I get I get the frustration with that. Yeah, well, I mean, uh... This is a weird example, but it's not like it's not like you're going to go to a Garth Brooks concert and and be mad that you're hearing Friends in Low Places. That doesn't make any sense. Of course, you're going to hear Friends in Low Places. You know, it's it's you know you're not going to go you you don't go in there being like oh man I hope he plays like that first one from the Scarecrow album or something. It's like dude nobody's there to hear that. So of course they're going to be playing a lot of stuff that you know people have heard. You know, a million billion times. Of course, they are. That's that's part of the draw. But you you can you can go buy the other DVD. If you're like, yeah. oh, this what you know this this DVD set had this match I want, and this DVD set had this match I want. So cool. If I get both of them, then I can have all the matches that I was hoping to get. But you know, if I if I uh, you know if I don't. Or you know, now I'm going to end up owning like three copies of this one match over again. Well, at least it's not. At least they don't have the equivalent of going to a concert to a band you really like and the this one's off our new album and hearing the audible groan from the entire crowd. <laughs> There's because a... I've definitely I've definitely been at that show before and been one of those people like groaning. You can get a what get around that if you have a really good live show. There's a there's a funk band that I love that you know everyone wants to hear their hit songs, but their live show is so good and so high energy <coughs> that if they play something you don't know, that's okay. You're still gonna dance and have a good time to it anyway. But like if you went, it was like going back to see like. Um, Hootie and the Blowfish live in concert, they never experimented with everything. Everything they did was sounded just like it did on the album. So you could have just stayed home and really gotten the same experience, except been able to go to the bathroom more easily. And I appreciate at least when it sounds semi like the album live, though. I hate when it's like <coughs> you go to the show and it's like, oh, you guys were post-produced to hell and back for that. Well, no, I don't even mean it like sounds different. I just mean like they don't play with it. They don't have any fun with it. So there's not like it's like, oh, you know, this is a song you were hoping to hear. But, you know, we're going to have a little fun by, I don't know, throwing blues licks into it or something like that. The best concert I've ever been to, and it was the best concert, like by a wide margin, was Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al puts on a fan-damn-tastic concert. He does. And it like he does costume changes like for every song. They put like cool stuff up like on the, the screen while between songs to keep you entertained. Like it was yeah. I'm not even 
I was a fan when I was younger. Like I wouldn't even call myself a fan anymore. I just went because he was here and it was cheap and I had a great time. It's, I am still a fan of his because I think he's, he does fantastic stuff and he does a great live show. Uh, the band I was talking about was here come the mummies. I've seen them like in concert, like four or five times and it's always a great show to watch. But if I was cons- if I was going to watch, you know, I, if I was going to watch a DVD of them doing performances, then I didn't. I wouldn't want to see them do like the same rendition of Pants on four different DVDs. So, you know, it, it, that's that's something I am thankful for when it comes to the network is that I can do my own like compilation watch without having to wade through like you know Jeff Jarrett versus GI Bro or something. Well, I mean, you do have to battle with the UI. But you do, and it used that. to be it used to be a hell of a lot easier. Like you, you, the searches would actually turn up what you were looking for. God, I remember like I did, we've, we've blowing a vessel we've, on that. Even before the change, though, you couldn't find crap if you were trying to watch it on their website. No, it's it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't good, but oddly, it was better. <laughs> It was functional. It was decidedly okay. Is, yeah, is what I'm it was. Say. It was. It was adequately mediocre. And and after a while, it's like okay, I can live with that. And now it's now it's like a puzzle game trying to like actively stop you from what you're looking for. It's like, are you sure you don't want to watch some Total Bellas? Because that's featured. And it's like I don't want to watch some Total Bellas. I'm looking for like Spring Stampede. And it's like. But by the way, have we mentioned Total Bellas? I I can I saw I saw a commercial for that show once. Have you? Have, I'm just curious. Have either of you ever like watched any of it? I think I my wife is my wife that he had once. Uh, I've seen like the bearers minimum. Okay, so I saw a couple commercials for it once, and I, I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm any like connoisseur of reality TV. Like I've seen stuff here and there, but even by what I know of reality TV, that show seems exceptionally fake by reality TV show standards. Like oh, yeah. exceptionally scripted. What like, reality I, TV is scripted? Yes. What? The only, the only, the only acceptable reality TV show that was ever worth watching was, um, was that Joe Schmo on Spike? Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> where everyone was in on it except for that one poor sucker. Yeah, yeah, and they say like he still like he still can't like accept that all of that was fake or something even years later. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that part, but. Oh. Um, yeah. So. But I, I saw a couple previews for that. I don't remember where I saw it, but I, I, my wife and I watched that. I'm like, who would watch that? I don't it might have been Total Divas, though. But I was just like, this seems like, this seems like, oh, here's the script for today. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all of them, too, so. My wife used to watch those um, VH, VH1 classic ones, like, 
the like um like rock of love the ones were like it was the self-perpetuated they do one of those shows and they would get someone interesting enough to do like the next show yeah um the next show and it was never ending like like the uh i love new york that came out of flavor of love or something like that yeah yeah you know what's crazy about joe schmo um just to go back to that for a second uh, there's people on that show that now are like kind of famous, but that, like they weren't, they were kind of nobodies back in the day. Like Kristen Wiig is one of the people. Really? Yeah. Wow. And obviously she's had a much bigger career since then. Wow. I didn't realize anyone like famous came out of that. You know, yeah. I got to give him credit. You'd have to be a really, really good improviser to be able to pull off uh, something in that kind of setting. I think he was just exceptionally dumb too, but well, I mean, but if you want to have someone on that show, it's not like, you know, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. You want, you want somebody who's got some flexibility chops. Well, because you, you figure like that they, they had to do some things like they had to legit, like live in a house. So there's like stuff that wasn't even on TV. They had to, yeah, you had to be on all the time. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I might have to see if that show is still out there and go back and and watch it. I mean, I remember Comedy Central did a joke about that once. That it was it was supposed to be a reality series about making a TV show, but the joke was that it it, it was very obviously totally scripted, even more so than regular reality TV. But that flew over a lot of people's heads, and they didn't get the joke. I've, I've just never cared much for reality TV. Like people at work talk about like the bachelor all the time and stuff. And I I've literally never seen five seconds of the bachelor. Oh, uh, well you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Are you, are you, a, My, are you a devotee of the bachelor? I'm not. It really depends upon, um, who, is the bachelor like my wife will occasionally watch depending upon who it is. Um, she hasn't watched in a while, but she will watch it sometimes. And it, it, it's, it's just a bizarre show. Like I, there, there have been times where I have felt like legit. I don't think it's, I don't think that it's just people like acting. I think that legit, but I've felt that some of the women on that show are potentially mentally ill. <laughs> and really? I, I say that only because, like, I remember one season. This is like years ago, but I remember, like, this. This was like the girl had made it not to like the very last two, but I think to like close to like the end. She was maybe like one of the last like four or five, and like he didn't choose her. And the girl is going like leaving in like the car that they have. They drive them off in, and she is bawling her eyes out. And she's just like, I thought we had like a connection. I just thought he would pick me. And it's like, you almost want to laugh. But then I also would just, I just felt bad and disturbed. Because I'm like, you don't know this. You don't know this person. Like, it's literally a dude you met like a week ago. And you went out on a couple like fun dates with him. And then now you think like, oh, he loves me. It's like, it's the most bizarre show. Like, it seems like in, it would, in television. I, I would feel... Thinking about it in the abstract, I guess I've never like seen like much of it, but it feels like that show would just be incredibly depressing. It it is like depressing. It's it's bizarre. 
But I guess, in, I mean, law of averages would have to work. The show's been on the air probably like 10 plus something years. Yeah. No, I think it's been and, longer than that. I think it's been on probably. since we were in college. Yeah, I think you're right. But there have been some couples who have remained together. Like there's a, there's at least like a two or three who I think actually got married and had kids. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm looking at it. Well, again, now. law of averages. If you've, if you've done like 20 something seasons, it has to work at least one time. Yeah. That's... Okay. So series debuted March 25th, 2002. Wow. Wow. So that's almost yep. 20 years. It's yeah, it's getting there. Ah, uh, God. Um, and then of course the other thing that uh, someone always pops up and writes a headline for it because they think it's some big revelation. Is like, well, you know, as it turns out, the women on The Bachelor tend to have the more successful long-term relationships. And it's like, look, dude. <sighs> You're not exactly discovering fire when you say this, you know. But wow, we came a long way from running our own promotion, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. I will say, I will say, going <coughs> going back further into the earlier reality TV is the only one I really enjoyed, but was Road Rules back way. I'm I, we're going way back mm. now, but. Road Rules, like on old MTV, I, I enjoyed that. But they were actually, like, doing stuff. I mean... I never cared much for Real World. I liked Tough Enough. And I liked the season of Tough Enough, I think. <laughs> that hit Diminishing Returns really quick, I think, though. It may have. Um, it it was funny that uh, I can't remember who did the interview, but someone did an interview with Al Snow, and they're like, "Well, what was that?" He says, "Well, you know, we kind of we kind of changed the landscape on on that TV uh, as a whole." And they're like, what, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Okay, so we were a physical show where you had physical challenges with you know a, a monetary result at the end." What happened right after we started doing Tough Enough? The Ultimate Fighter comes along, and it's just kind of yeah, snowballed from there. But the, I'm the, thinking, the like, thing. you know, Al. I, I on one hand, Al, you have a point, and then on the other hand, I'm kind of like, uh okay. Yeah, but the the Ultimate Fighter was such a better conceived show than Tough Enough, though. Well, I mean, they had time to refine it a little bit, I guess. Well, but like, but like, they were. They like it, but like they were bringing in legitimate fighters. Like some of those guys had were fairly experienced. Um, it was a legitimate, like it was a legitimate competition instead of people like training. So like you could have a fight every week, which was exciting. Like it was a tournament setup, which I think was a better format for something like that. But then at the same time, where Ultimate Fighter worked out better. And what Tough Enough ran into is with the Ultimate Fighter, you could immediately have those guys in the UFC like competing. And even if they were losing, they were still losing like on TV. Whereas with Tough Enough, most of them just got a match on TV that usually sucked. And then they were shuffled off to to OVW forever. That's true. I mean, I have to I, I really should make a disclaimer here and say, I only ever watched the first season of either one of those. 
which you could probably make the case that that's that may be like the best way to watch him. Well, Ultimate Fighter was good for a while, and especially like when they did the lightweights, that was that that season was highly entertaining. Okay, because you had you know you had a you had a house full of a bunch of guys with little man syndrome. It was. It was <laughs> But, um, but, you know, and the, and the other big difference, like, especially with Ultimate Fighter is, is across those seasons, a lot of those guys went on to actually hold like championships in the UFC, whereas no one in Tough Enough ever really, um, contributed much other than the Miz. And the Miz didn't even win. Yeah. But it's, um, I mean, to to just play devil's advocate for a second, I think Matt Capitelli probably could have if he hadn't been dealt a raw hand. Oh well, John Morrison I think was a tough enough guy. So um, he, yeah, he was. He yeah, you're yeah. that's that's fair. Oh, but I guess I guess I am forgetting my favorite tough enough moment of all time, which was Daniel uh, Puder um, shooting on Kurt Angle. Oh and, like, yeah. Yeah, that that was a good. Well, okay. Here, I'll give you my favorite moment that came out of Tough Enough was Maven drop kicking the Undertaker over the top rope and then realizing what he did. Because he did that drop kick in that Rumble right afterwards, and then had this moment of, "Oh God, I have made a huge mistake." And that was, I thought, just hysterically funny. Was he not supposed to eliminate Undertaker? No, he was. Okay. He he was, but just selling the, oh, God, I've made a huge mistake moment was great. I I remember that because that's, is that when, that was that the same match where Taker put him like through the popcorn machine backstage or something like that? Uh, You know what? At that stage in Taker's career, I can't rule it out. Uh, I hated Taker in that stage. It was crazy. In the biker Taker. Oh God! That just kind of, you know, uh, maybe this is just impressions of the time, but that kind of seemed to be the least willing to work with people stage in Taker's career. Yeah, he, he, you know, he gets a lot of Taker gets a lot of really weird passes online, and um, it's really weird. It's like people forget that he's not he he sucked for a large portion of his career, and he's done a fair share of like burying people and like taking liberties with people like Canyon and stuff. Um, but he did that with Brock in that, uh, hell in a cell match. Yeah. Because gets, if I remember correctly, quote, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. He gets a weird pass for a lot of that stuff. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, that's definitely weird, but all right. I think we've about, about run this well dry, so... Yeah, my guys, voice is about shot. Unless you guys have anything else you really want to throw in. Matt? No, we can do our entire Bachelor retrospective uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next hey, podcast. Wait, before we, before we go, Matt, I'm sure you'll remember this show. I don't remember the name of it. Which was like the Bachelor offshoot where they had like... it was They were trying to date a woman and it was like... They brought in a bunch of geeks and like a bunch of like jocks, and then it they did elimination based on that. 
Do you oh, remember I've, this show? Uh, no, no, I have no idea. There was, there was, it was, they weren't jocks, but there was one where they brought in a bunch of nerds and they called it Beauty and the Geek. No, I don't think it was that because I remember they she picked like the the jockey guy at the end, and then they're like walking on this beach and she told him like she dated Fabio and the show ends with like him freaking out like leaving her. Uh, yeah, it was weird. I only saw the finale because we went over to someone's house and they were watching it. That's the only episode I saw. If we really want to talk, like, good, there's so much trash, like, quote unquote reality TV show that we could talk about. But I will say a guilty pleasure, an honest guilty pleasure of mine. Um, my wife, it's the only one of these shows that she watches, but she watches Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And um, I have basically watched it uh, with her because you know how you know how that is. Like when you say like, yeah. uh, like my when your wife or your partner watches it, that means you're you're watching it. Like unless you completely go to a different part of the the house or apartment or something, like yeah. you're watching that show too. So yeah. like she would watch it, and I would I would just kind of like passively watch it with her. But then I got into it, <laughs> and I kind of enjoy Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So that, is that that's the one like. That- that gave us the angry pointing at the cat meme. It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I, a, that's from like a really old season. That's like seasons ago. I I love that stupid cat meme because people can get so creative with it, and the cat fits everywhere. Yeah, that's that's the thing for me is that meme has just been so much fun. That... It like popped up out of nowhere though because I don't, I yeah. Someone someone had to figure it out for it to really work, and that's okay. Um, but whenever it did, I I just I still enjoy the living hell out of that meme. Memes have it's, such a short short shelf life. I almost stumbled over that. Um, but the the fact that that one has just been so pervasive and so appropriate has been a lot of fun. It's a it's a good replacement for Grumpy Cat rest uh may he rest in peace yeah yeah that it's special special raw guest host grumpy cat wait he guest hosted raw yep interesting yep that's a thing that happened and on that horrible disappointment (laughs) the only good the only good raw guest host was the muppets Mm. and if if we remember in canon that means that Seamus is related to Beaker. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. That was the best part, too. So. We should. Is he on Twitter? We should ask him how Beaker's doing. I think he's on Twitter. I wonder. Yeah, now I'm sitting here going, I wonder what kind of response we would get. I was probably blocked. (laughs) (laughs) How's your cousin Beaker doing? <clears throat> Maybe we'd get a nice response that just says me 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 me, and I'd I'd be okay with that. Or maybe lots of people do that, and the joke's beaten to death. Hell, I don't know. But uh, yeah, you never know. All right, so on that uh, odd ending point, I think we're going to go ahead and call it here. Um, thank you all for joining us on the Four Corners podcast. Originally, we were talking about building a promotion around one guy. Do you think we picked? We had good picks. Do you think we were uh, we were off base? And then, do you want us here 
do you want to hear us talk more about reality shows that we haven't watched? <laughs> I don't know. Hit us up on social media. Give us some feedback and, and let us know. Or you might even say, for God's sakes, please don't ever talk about that again. I'm tuning in here for wrestling talk, and then I'm hearing about Real Housewives of get, Beverly Hills. I bet we could get Chris D. Petrillo on to talk about some trashy reality. Oh, oh, for Matt's response, this this it would probably we'd have to chop that up started. into three more episodes, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. We'd end up changing the name by the time it got done. Uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you thought, and uh, have a good night.